Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, my name is Marshall Hill, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch with me, though, shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. And this is the Community Pub, and this is a little bit different of a version, and I'm excited about it. We're taking a sidestep over because it just, you know, it's one of those times I'm just laying there and I go... We're going to have some Q&A on what it really takes to build a business on pink correction. And there's nobody that I would know other than Pablo, a.k.a. Porsche Paul, who's built his entire career around just that. If you can make it that far, uh, here he is in our presence, the one and only. Paul, it's been great getting to know you uh, through Jacksonville. Sad to say that my daughters have now left Jacksonville. They are here for the summer. And then they will be journeying over to the other side of the coast and they will become uh, Westerners in California, a little bit south of Los Angeles is what I saw. So uh, uh, I'll still be coming to Jacksonville, no worries, but uh, I- I'm ready to have another lunch. Paul and I usually get together and eat like, uh, like good old boys do and uh, have, a, have a good time. Uh, every once in a while we slap Mark around and uh, you know, if you ever need a good burger, have Paul cook it for you. <laughs> no doubt. <clears throat> yeah. All right, uh, Paul. Paul, so who are you? Uh, I am uh, Pablo, to start with. Uh, how's everybody? I um, We own these, or I own these ceramic crows in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, we do mainly Porsche-focused detailing. Um, and uh, clear bra, window tent, so on and so forth, but mostly just the paint correction and ceramic coats, and that's our main focus. All right. What year did you get into business? Uh, 92. Cool. All right, Cody, when were you born? I was born. Oh, in my 90. bad, Paul. I didn't mean to get there. My bad. 99. No, I just thought it'd be funny. Like, I, because I, I made a joke in some of the other forums. I was like, listen, he's been doing this longer than a lot of people that are in the industry have actually been alive. Like, a, a true legend that probably not everybody is aware of uh, your skill set and how you've been able to grow uh, from 92 to still rolling. Because I've said it multiple times there's few, right? There's few people that make it past 35. You get past 40, it gets even slimmer. You know, I know. Right. You know, you, well, a lot of people find uh, they find uh, their way in life while they're detailing cars. So, I mean, you know, other opportunities arise, which have for me as well. Um, but, you know, uh, my is you, know, you either have a passion for it or you or you don't. And uh, you're looking to, you know, get into something better or something comes along the way that's more beneficial, you know. So, you know, uh, that. <clears throat> obviously usually detailing is a step up to another career. A lot of times, uh, maybe even car sales, you know, I've seen a lot of the guys that worked for me in the past, they've gone into dealerships and, you know, worked in sales and management and so on and so forth. So. 
right. Where did you start? Um, here in Jacksonville. Um, originally, uh, I worked for, uh, and I say a lot, <clears throat> I worked for, for the Brumos organization when I first started. Um, and, and I did my own thing as well. Uh, and traveled around, worked for a lot of different detailers and, um, traveled outside of Jacksonville and went to many different cities. I went to New York city and worked with, uh, detailing dynamics, uh, in Mineola, um, doing the Seinfeld collection and, uh, went to, uh, Miami and worked with some guys down there in Atlanta and a couple other places, you know, but before anybody was really doing paint correction, you know, probably in 99, 98, we were using 500 watt service light bulbs, uh, which we still use today and uh, to find that swirl um, so that we could, we were attacking swirl way back when. So we definitely, uh, definitely, that's been our major focus. A lot of wet sanding. Okay, so why did you start in that direction? What was it that lured you into wanting to work on paint? Um, <clears throat> I worked at Arby's and across the street was a detail shop. Uh, uh, and it was just around the corner from where I lived and they did pickup and delivery. So uh, back then that was big. So in the early nineties, late eighties, um, pickup and delivery was the way you did it. Your, your shop, you would, you would get like four of your guys in a car and you drive over to a, you know, a business park and pick up all the cars and bring them back to the shop and do them and then take them back to the customer or the customer would find his way to the shop later on. But it was a brick and mortar shop that I started out at originally. And um, uh, I worked there on the weekends while I worked at Arby's. I was, I was, uh, uh, still going to high school, and then um, and then I found uh, Brumos uh, once I got my own car because uh, I didn't have a car before I started detailing cars. I used to ride my mountain bike to go pick up the cars and bring it back to the shop and lock up my bike at the customer's uh, business, drive their car back, detail it, drive it back. It was thirteen dollars. We charged thirteen dollars for a wash and vacuum and twenty eight dollars for a wash and wax. Um, so you could probably bang up five. That was, yeah, five in a day. So and, five uh, cars, I yeah, mean, they make 150 I, bucks in a day. Yeah, by 95, we were up to like $35 a car, uh, for a wash and wax. Um, so we used uh BC1, um, and we used Auto you know, magic stuff, yeah, back then. Um, this was, you know, 92, 93, 94, 95. Um, and, uh, so our automatic supply guy was the only person that we did business with. And, um, and so that was pretty much it. That's how I got kind of started in it all. Yeah. BC one and two was around for a long time. I remember using it. Uh, you know, we used automatic at the car wash. I'd started with uh, using Carbrite. That was my connection into later self forum as a distributor, because I had met uh, Mike Fine, the owner of Fine Airport Parking here locally. Uh, I went to high school with his daughter and just ran into him randomly at a bathroom. It was like, Mike. And he's like, yeah, like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, you know, I just quit my job a little bit ago and started cleaning cars. He's like, well, what are you using for product? And I was like, uh, whatever I can find. 
So he had me come out there and start buying Carbride from him. But then when I built the car wash, uh, the Carbride distributor out of Oklahoma City wouldn't drive up to service us. So I, I, the, the only other major brand that we had in Tulsa at that time was Automagic. Um, so I used BC1 and BC2 quite a bit. Yeah, I was I was very fortunate that um, sorry I'm trying to put in my charger and talk at the same time. I was very fortunate that I um, <clears throat> the first person I met was uh, my supplier <clears throat> when I started working for this one place because the gentleman I started working for originally did not he was he was very I I mean he wasn't as thorough as I was and he had been doing it for probably a good five seven years at the time. And so I was very fortunate that our Automagic distributor, uh, Mark Turner, um, was a really accomplished detailer. It was a rare really find. good- Rare find. Yeah, really rare find, right. So he knew products back and front for, and he not only sold the products on his van, uh, which he had a box truck, like, I mean, back in the 90s, everybody's in a van, he was in a box truck, which was unbelievable. Yeah. So with AC and everything, so you really wanted to get in there as quick as you could because it was always hot. And um, he always gave us stuff, you know, always gave us extra stuff. And But he really knew the business already. And he gave me great direction um, right off the rip and uh, was very beneficial because he knew all the right ways to do things. And, uh, you know, the rags to use and everything else. We didn't have microfibers. They hadn't come out yet. Um, so yeah, so that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So you use Terry towels. That's what I started yeah. with too, is Terry towels yeah. and you would wipe wax off with Terry towels. It was, well, uh, we, uh, we used, uh, we used t-shirts and, uh, and diapers for, for, uh, taking wax off. Um, but we, uh, use Terry towels for everything else, you know, and then lambs will wash. I mean, not lambs will, but spun gold wash mitts were, you know, the only thing we used to wash cars back then. Um, so, I mean, everything was a swirl factory. Um, so what yeah, got you into uh, correcting those swirls? Um, so I, I ran, uh, a, a, a competitor of mine, which is still a competitor of mine, uh, that I've known ever since I started the detail industry, he was actually, you know, Ardex user. He was, he, you know, all he used was Ardex and 3M and, um, he came across being probably four or five years into detailing cars and uh, i was telling him oh i wet sand and polish all this stuff and i work with all these body shops and i got a great following and everything and he told me i was an ass clown and that i was doing everything wrong and that i was you know just probably you know just a part of the crowd and that i didn't know what i was doing and i didn't have the eye at that time you know he was like you know you don't have the eye for what you're doing you don't have the feel you don't understand what you're looking for he, um, I spent $150 to sit in his garage and watch him polish a car with a 500 watt light bulb. And that was in, uh, 99, 2000. And so that's when I, that's when I started doing it and chasing the swirl and, and doing a lot of sand work, a lot of block sand work. So we were doing all over wet sands on Ferraris and Porsches and stuff like that. So he helped me dial that all in. So I have to give him all the, all the credit for steering me in that direction. All and right. Worst, yeah, worst, worst fuck here. up ever. What was your, what was your worst fuck up? Um, I crashed, um, a 944 
that I had taken from a bodybuilder. Um, uh, I took it from him to go and polish it back at the shop. And, uh, and I wrecked it into uh, a, um, a uh, ditch right in front of the fire station, right by the shop. And so the firemen helped me pull it out. And, uh, and then we all you know, uh, lifted the car up and tried to fix the bumper best we could. Ended up getting it fixed all the way almost and uh, took it back to the customer that afternoon, cleaned and collected the money. That was my biggest one. Yep. My so, man. Early. <laughs> but I still got the $35. Yeah, it probably cost me 70 uh, So, But hey, you got the money. Uh, all right. We're sanding mess up. Like, you have any uh, horror uh, stories I, of on, on Porsches I, early on or anything for our, you know? Two Porsches this week. So I, I do that every week. Uh, that's not uncommon. That's how I got into the paint shop. That's how I ended up starting my own paint shop. It's, all right walk us yeah. walk us through that walk us through that so yeah, I mean, there's no, a lot of, all, well hold on there's let me set it up let me set it up because there's a lot of people that are scared right, right. because and sure. and rightfully so right yeah, rightfully sure. so we should have a a little bit of anxiety when we're going to take sandpaper to clear coat and especially right. if we're working on a very nice nice vehicle you know like we should have some respect and some concern that we could do something beyond uh, repair uh so <laughs> walk us through those early mess ups what was it like what what'd your heartbeat do um yeah how'd you resolve it props every time it never it never changes it's uh you know you're still throwing stuff around the shop and you're still upset and those things all take place but uh lo and behold and i'll tell anybody you 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 know i've always had uh a body shop I've had a friendship with a body shop with good painters. That's been a necessity. I started wet sanding in body shops just so I would make those, uh, those friendships beforehand. So it was, it was super important that I had that, you know, that <laughs> yeah, had those friendships beforehand. I'm just laughing at you because you're trying to do something well, yeah, because the dogs came in, the girls have been playing with the dogs, and they both come over going, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got to get them out of here, you know, like. Uh, so the, uh, the, so that, that, that was it. I mean, um, I, I've sanded through I, countless cars. I mean, I don't, uh, I mean. How do you shoot. know when you, how do you know when you sanded through a car? You can feel it. Yeah, you, you can, you can feel it's about to happen. Uh, you know, you can see it. Yeah, you break through and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's just one stroke. You'll like take five strokes and then you're through. And it's like, you know, and I can meter paint all I want and it can meter out and it's, uh, you know, you can do all that stuff, but we go flat with everything. So we're looking for a consistent uh, um, texture in the paint, right? So we're never, when we start sanding, we're going for the goal. You know, we're, we're going to make everything the same so we want to go all the way around and get a, a a perfect sand out of the whole car and then polish it out a lot of times it don't happen until we start polishing it out and i start burning i i, I literally burnt in like six different spots on six different panels and paint a whole car but <laughs> I mean, it it's 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 not uncommon um i deal with a lot of classics 
I just finished wet sanding a $21 million Alfa Romeo for the Brumos Museum, uh, which is here in Jacksonville. And um, nobody even told me it was $21 million until after I finished sanding it and polishing it. You know, they <laughs> just, you know, and, and I had my 19 year old assistant polishing the car with me. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and this one, uh, you can actually look at this car. It won Pebble Beach uh, Concourse and it won Amelia Concourse uh, back in 17. Um, so we didn't, uh, we had no clue, you know, that the, uh, that it was that expensive of a car, but we didn't break that one. We didn't go through on that one. Um, but yeah, we do edges. I mean, it happens. And if anybody says that it doesn't happen, it happens. I mean, you can ask Jason Kilmer, he'll tell you in a heartbeat, he'll be like, man, we literally always have a paint booth around you know, it, you're always going to be painting something if you're sanding something. That's just the way it is. And uh, I mean, there are some some things where I know, you know, if I'm spot sanding or I'm sanding a fender because I need to get the texture kind of just like everything else, either too heavy and clear, um, then those things I don't worry about as much. It's the all overs that generally I have the issues with. Cool. All right. Uh, I've got some more questions, but I know there's going to be others that have questions too. Uh, before we get into more of that heavy Q&A, uh, and, and, and please do, you know, jump in, ask anything you want to know. Uh, you know, if Paul doesn't know it, well, we've got Google and we'll figure it out. But most likely Paul knows it or he's worked on the car that's done it or he's gone through something. So, you know, yeah. hop in and ask some questions. But before we do, uh, let's go around and see what I mean, not everybody drinks. I know Paul's got a cool story about, you know, why he doesn't drink anymore. So, uh, you know, mad respect for, for what he's doing in, in his journey. Um, Manny, like I said earlier, man, good to see you. Thanks for hopping on. You, you drink anything tonight? Uh, no, I think you're muted. Not there not water, man. That's all I got. So, uh, I, I don't know. I have. All good, all good. I'm I'm glad you're on. Uh, I went a little different because the girls were craving something that they don't get everywhere else. I know there's a lot of people that think In and Out's the one, but uh, geez, Waterburger's pretty tasty. So I had a little nope. Waterburger and I, I mixed in a little Captain to mine. So a little Captain and Coke for me tonight. Brandon, what about you? Drinking uh, OJ on parole again. Okay. Yeah, that's such a good name. Uh, Paul, do you remember watching the OJ Mobile drive off? Do you remember where you were? Yeah, it was, um, I was at my house. Um, another, <clears throat> but yeah, I was, I was in the living room when that was, when that was going on. Yeah, it was, it was just a crazy time. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, it was fun. We were like all cheering for OJ to get away. <laughs> but he wasn't even like flying he was just cruising you know like <laughs> we're like yeah OJ, don't get caught come on man neck gun 38 you know <laughs> we, yeah we used to yeah, watch stuff so i mean he, you know he was on all the all those comedy shows all the time so it was funny you know and he was a good football player I mean. yeah it was all right hey so david man nice to meet you thanks for hopping on Good to good to see you. I think you're muted too, but I wanted to check in with you. 
Yeah. Unmute, maybe. No. No. Little unmute action. Unmute. No, we're unmuted. Okay. There we go. Yeah, for, first time on the podcast here. Good to meet you. I'm drinking water. Drinking water. All right. You this and Paul. Good for you. This Friday. This Friday will be 16 years since I've taken a sip of alcohol. Congratulations. Congrats, Paul, what's you. it for you? Uh, it'll be it'll be six years in uh, November. All right. Good deal. So David, man, thanks for hopping on. Like we say, not everybody has to do it's all good, you know. Thanks for thanks for hopping in and taking the time, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to wait till tomorrow to hear the podcast. So I figured I'd jump in, introduce myself, and uh just started buying your stuff. Oh your, thank you. That's that's a bottle of tray, and I got four bottles of Uno out there, and I love it. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Cody, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking a tall glass of water tonight. I think we're uh, dominating. Definitely dominating Sometimes because beer, but Alex, Alex I got, will be uh, in the same boat, I think. <laughs> cranberry pineapple tonight. Yeah. yeah. Well, Almost water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek's got to come home. I already saw I saw a can in his hand, right? Like, you're coming home with the beer, guys, right? Yeah, I, I am drinking. It's a special edition. It's called a Fruitfully Independent, uh, independent Double IPA from Stone. Oh, from oh, Stone. oh okay. shit, that is, that is Derek. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, cut, I just cut my hair. Yeah, it's uh, nice, man. Uh, you look good. We had a kind of, you know, heat, little heat wave, and all uh, the whole country's been hot. But we had a couple of days where it was 100 degrees, and I was like, you know what, had to go. <laughs> Looks good, man. Thank you. Yeah. All right, uh, Josh. Good to see you, man. Nice and chillaxing. What's up, Marty? How you doing, brother? <laughs> good, bro. Good. Good to see you, man. You, you drink anything tonight, or just chilling uh, on the couch? I'm just chilling on the couch. Cool, man. Yo, is that Brofman? Yeah. <laughs> Josh! <laughs> Bruno, what's up, buddy? What's up, my man? Oh, chilling, bro. Yeah. yeah just, just chilling out. <laughs> I saw your big old melon. I was like, I know that head. This, but hey, I know, right? We, we match, buddy. We're like twins. I know. You got a bigger beard, though. I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. All right, Nick, uh, are you drinking anything tonight? What's cooking with Nick looking like? Of course I am. Cooking with Nick has to take tacos on tonight. Yum. Oh, man, I had a cookout last night. Um, the end of the quarter. So, me and my team, we've been absolutely slammed the past few days. We just hit our, our stroll record. We just delivered, I don't know, what is it, just over 900 cars this, this quarter. We're beat to hell. <laughs> We're beat to hell. So, a little celebratory tonight. Drinking whiskey from Chattanooga. Some rye whiskey. Um, with some lime and some Angostura bitters in there. On some ice. I'm not trying to trying to go too heavy tonight because still got to get out for work tomorrow. Um, but, yeah. Whiskey and steak tacos tonight. 
Nice. The the tacos look pretty amazing. How'd you do your steak? Um, actually, uh, a coworker of mine made it. Um, we all gathered up last night and uh, had a cookout at my house on the grill. I don't know what he seasoned it with, but it's good. We threw it in the grill last night, made it, and uh, I took I took the uh, the leftovers. There was only like five of us, but he brought five steaks and like four pounds of chicken. Um, so took that home, leftover steak, and threw it in this, and here we are. Yeah, nice man, cool. Bruno, uh, mm-hmm. you sipping on anything tonight or no? Water? Yeah. Tea? Yeah, water. Yeah. Dude, water I should be tea. fucking pounding them back after today, but. I'm too tired, man. Oh no, it's all good. We everybody can do whatever they want. We just like to, to go around and see like who's drinking what. Sounds like everybody had a uh, a winner of it. <laughs> Everybody's like white slick. <laughs> all right, uh yeah. Paul, uh Mr. Elliot asked for the invitation to come on. So I if he comes on, we'll just mute him. How about that? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. He's uh I'm just he's, messing. He's definitely my bestie and uh and we uh we get a lot done together. So it makes uh it's it's great because we have such a great community. Hey community. All right, so it, open up uh Brandon, um Derek, Manny, anybody, Cody, I've got some more questions too, but uh you know anything specific you guys are curious about when it comes to paint correction? Yeah, I got one. Go for it. <laughs> uh, not necessarily for the paint correction per se, but the you talking about wet sanding and stuff. So with your business, you talking about burning through panels like frequently. How do you I guess I'm sure pretty sure you're charging according to the level of work you're doing, um, of course, but do you factor like the the cost for having to repaint a panel or a whole car into um, the work you're doing? No, I don't. It would, it would, it would make it, um, first stay away from sanding as much as possible. Okay. Um, I did do a ton of it, uh, from, but we we moved. Whereas we look at a car and we're like, we know this needs sanding. Okay, so if it's something that needs sanding, I don't, I don't, I don't go after my customers. Hey, man, you know what will really make your car look good is if I sanded it. You know, I don't, I don't do that. And, uh, it, it doesn't make me any extra money. People come to me from all over and say, I want you to sand or I had it painted, or I want you to sand or I just bought it. Uh, I do a lot of old 50s Porsches that they find in bar find, stuff like that, where the customer themselves on the car prior to have painted the car. So it's a lot of aftermarket paint work that I am sanding on. So as far as the factory stuff goes, I mean, yes, there's a Corvette here and there, but I don't persuade my, my customers to do so. If someone's coming to me for sanding. They're normally coming to me with the understanding that if I bust through your paint job, I'm going to have to charge you to paint that panel or whatever I've got to do to the car. So me and the customer have a general understanding. 
So I do not incorporate that price. I just let the customer know, hey, if I break through your paint, and whatever that costs me is what it's going to cost you, plus my time, you know, getting it done. So, gotcha. so you set yeah. expectations like from the beginning then? Yeah. Well, I tell the customer, you know, uh, we burn paint. We burn through it all the time. Yeah. It's going to happen. So just if you're leaving your car with me, understand that that is, that is uh, very well a good 50-50 chance. So yeah, I never give my customers any thought uh, that they're that I'm gonna rectify their paint without them spending the extra money at the body shop. Gotcha. And one last thing, I'm just curious. Like, say you're a small Cooper sedan, you're wet sanding and polishing the whole thing. Like, what do you charge for something like that? Like um, leveling completely. Like a Porsche. Uh, let's say just a. Uh, a 991 or a 997, um, uh, probably 2,500, 3,000 um, to, to go two stages of sanding and polish it out. Um, sometimes maybe four, if they're going to get really, really, really intricate, like they're going to go to concourse with it. And, uh, you know, every bit of it's got to be sanded because then you've got a lot of handwork, you know, a lot of things, you, you know, all the divots and everything, you're going to be hand compacting that. You're not going to be polishing it with a polisher. You might be able to get the polish on it, but you're not going to be compounding it. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. How do you determine that you're going to sand versus just putting on some compound and buffing it really hard? Texture. Yeah, I mean, I can send you some videos of of texture, you know, if something's heavy peeled or it just, I, you know, I can walk up to the car, especially classics, walk up to, and I envision the car finished, right? I see it in my head. I've wet sanded over a hundred Corvettes and over 269, 68 and 67 Camaros all by hand, you know, no, no DAs, nothing. You know, I block sanded those usually two steps, three steps sometimes. Um, but just looking at the car and going, you know, that's just way too grainy. You know, I, I want it flatter. I want that flow. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that deep look. So that's only going to be achieved by sanding the car, right? to get that that smooth smooth finish yeah it, it is i mean the only way to achieve that finish is to is to sand it and like if we're painting a car right or if i got something going to paint um i'll talk to the painter i'll have a discussion with him say hey man i really want this car to look smooth so i want you to sand it with a thousand after you're done and then uh clear it two more times and then that will give me all the room i need to do what I need to do. And then what do you start with? What grade? Uh, generally, I'll start out with 1500. Um, that's pretty much a go-to. Um, and then if it's, if it's giving me a lot of resistance right off the rip, then I'll, down, I'll downsize it to 1200 or 1000. And, uh, and that usually will get me where I need to be. And then I'll move my way back up. All right, Brandon from Shawshank, I think you were, I had a question. Yeah, um, you work on a lot of Porsches. 
like you were saying, I'm just kind of curious. After your wet sand and say it's just a scratch, or your wet sand and panel out on a gloss black Porsche, just out of right. curiosity, I mean that paint is finicky. What what's your go-to after that? Um, generally, well, if I wet sand a scratch, it's I'm gonna be really, really uh it it, it depends on the Porsche. Okay, so your newer water, Porsche paint is all gonna be wire water-based and virus-based PPG, right? So, and uh, PPG clear is it, it, you can sand it, and I don't care how much you polish it, you'll see those sand scratches if it's just a one localized scratch. So you really got to blend it out, you know, with some three thousand and some five thousand after you're done. Uh, and I try, and I use some eight thousand too, just because I'm trying to get that to a point where I have no scratch to really get rid of. So that's then. Then I can polish it out with pretty much anything. Um, but right now, my go-to is the new Sonex Ultimate Cut. I think it's called, and I'm having really good all-over sand and buffs. It's giving me a true finish. I go back over it with Stripper. Do you know Stripper uh, from American? I think or Americana. Um, it's um, it's a prep for ceramic. Okay. Do you know what stripper is? I've never tried it. No. Yeah. Okay. It, but it's a it's a prep spray for ceramic, um, and uh, I'll use it in a pan of white. Uh, I'll use it, and it seems to give me the truest finish before I move on to the next thing. Um, a lot of other things right now on the market are just really got a ton of fillers in them. So I'll, I'll uh, let something sit till the next day. I'll wipe it down with pan of white. Let it sit to the next day and I'll come back and I'm like, holy crap, I am back to the buffer all day long again. Right. Uh, the ultimate cut right now, it's funny uh, with the West sand and I'm restoring a 1956. Uh, it's international. And nice. that paint, that paint is so hard. I'm hitting it with a thousand grit and it's still not taking the, it's still not taking the orange peel down and I'm hitting it with uh, ultimate cut after it, that stuff is such hard paint, whatever, whatever's on there. It's taking forever. Right. Oh, I can tell you right now on the harder paints um, I've been using uh, with really good, really good results. Um, the Ardex liquid boat compound 1000 um, works, works really good for hard paints just to get the initial cut. Now I come back over it with ultimate cut. Yeah. And that, I mean, like um, uh, uh, Aston Martins have really, really hard paint. Um, so uh, we use that and a foam pad and get that initial break after we sand, and then we go to the uh, then we go to whatever compound that we're going to use. But that um, but you have to use it with a foam pad because if you use it with a wool pad, you might <laughs> yeah it'll it'll be a nightmare. But I use wool all the time. But um, We've tried to step away as much as we can from the heavier wools. Uh, we do use them from time to time, but I try not to. I like I like the wool to be, you know, seven, eight inch tops, so that's the circumference of the backing plate. Have you tried the hybrid uh, wool microfiber pads yet? I tried one today. It works pretty well. It keeps the heat down. I haven't. I tried one today. It was pretty awesome. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I've used. The 3D yellow pad. Um, it's kind of a wide pad. You have to use a real wide backing plate. That's the only thing. I'm, I'm mostly buff and shine 
I buy, you know, cases of buffet chime pads. So that's what I'm using is, um, is, uh, their standard, uh, wool and, um, uh, and their, uh, whatever the softer wool is. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Oh. You're Brandon, I was going to say those, uh, buff and shine wools pads, they have the low, the low, um, pile ones with like cut max, uh, on some paints, uh, even you polished out and the, and the paints, you don't really have to, you have, you can come back and polish, but it's like on certain colors, hard to see, but I've cut out stuff and been like, Oh my God. Like, but, uh, yeah. I, those are the only wool pads that I've used now. Um, especially yeah. when I cut something fast. That's what I was using today. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I use them like, uh, so I use them and throw them away. I don't, I don't, um, I buy tons of them though. Uh, Paul, you mentioned seven or eight inches. I know Bruno thinks that's too much. Right. Um, right. Yep. And we use six and five. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, 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 no, we're like four and a half. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for some. Bruno, I know you're specific on some pads that you like. What are what's some of the combinations you found? Are you talking to me or someone right, else? You're muted to ask. No, Bruno. Yeah, yeah Bruno. Uh, not me. As, as, as far as wool pads go, um, I use the Buff and Chai ones, uh, Shoals, and that's pretty much it. Um, and for like foam and stuff, Lake Country HGO is always like my go-to. Um, microfiber pads, I stick with the Euro pads from uh, Buff and Shine, and that's pretty much it. There's nothing really special yeah. about what I use compared I to do you still use a lot of the microfiber stuff? Um for moderate I wouldn't yeah for moderate defects like the heavy defects I go to the wool but for moderate stuff if I really need to cut I'll just use the microfiber. I kind of pair that with Kosh Kemi H9, which I've been really impressed with lately and that's kind of like my go-to. Ultimate Cut 2 from, from Sonax, like you mentioned, is also a great compound. I mean, it cuts a lot more than, um, uh, what is their other cut? Oh, I'm having cut a brain fart. Cut Max. It cuts uh, more than Cut Max, but it has, like, the same finishing ability. Like, it diminishes yeah. very well. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was I was really impressed. I think a lot of us were when, when Sonax came on and they were really ramping their ultimate cut over their cut max. And I was just mm -hmm. like, Rob, wow, like, okay. Like, I guess we really got to try that ultimate cut. I know that a lot of the people that messaged into Rob, so anybody that's listening that wants a sample of it, you can go back to that episode, get Rob's email, and Rob is happy to send out a sample to anybody that wants that sample. Go back to the... Uh, original episode the first one where we had sonax on talking about compounds uh bruno how much sanding is done inside paint assassins is that a thing or does you think that you know a lot of people you know steer clear of sanding um it's a it's a thing um but like uh paulie said that uh, it, it it's depending on what needs to actually be done and what you're trying to accomplish um, I typically don't wet sand. I've done one wet sand job where it was a full, full wet sand from top to bottom. And it was an F-250 that was going to SEMA. Um, and after that job, I never will do it again. Um, <laughs> but typically when I wet sand, it's, it's small things like deeper defects that, you know, I can't get out with 
a rotary or um, a DA or anything of that nature. Um, or if I'm trying to get rid of some texture, texture, like, like Paul, Paul said, like, it's like the biggest thing you want to do is to knock down texture. Um, so I would say there's not much wet sanding and paint assassins. It's not discouraged, but you got to definitely know what you're doing before you, you know, pick up a sand, some sandpaper and a sanding block, because you could definitely go through paint. I've done it before. Um, shit. I've even gone through paint using a DA, Josh, Josh Brock, you can attest to that one. I went through a single stage paint on a red Mercedes. What was it like a 1985? So it happens. Uh, yeah. I just huh? have, um, I just have one of the, I've got a 19 year old um, that has been with us since 18. And uh, so he's about, and we only have him on the best. And um, he, <laughs> I come in, I mean, there is like, this much paint missing on the bottom of a brand new Porsche bar. <laughs> I mean, it's like black where it's supposed to be red. And it's like, you know, crinkled. Like the paint was crinkled, right? So he had just held it on this one spot. He's like, I was trying to scratch out right above it. <laughs> and, and he just crinkled the paint, man. Oh. Yeah. You know, you know who else crinkles paint? Huh? Uh, Paul, I think your bestie's here. Uh, your bestie made it. Does, hey, does he, does he ever crinkle paint? <laughs> I've crinkled paint for him, if that's who we're talking about. I mean, I think I, uh, yeah, Dodge, I, I crinkled some paint for him on that one. First time I was showing him, Sam. All right. Well, we're we're glad that uh, Mr. Firehouse has made his uh, community pub <laughs> debut. Thanks for hopping on, Mark. <laughs> what do you know about sanding? Anything? I mean, I sand a little bit. I don't get into it too much. I usually call Paul if I need something sanded. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a TV show. <laughs> Paul, Paul. <laughs> so you don't you don't get into sanding much? Why not? Not too much. Um, I mean, it's really no particular reason. I mean, I do know how to do it. I mean, I've done a couple cars with Paul, but I don't know. I guess it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to explain. I guess I just got other stuff to do. I don't, I don't know. I don't let that bug me. It doesn't bug me too much. And I try to steer my customers away from it. Because talking about was not putting customers to sand cars. I mean, we, we stress what our customers repair value. So we already know once we sand it and then polish it out, there's, if anything happens to that panel again, it's a repaint. So, you know, our biggest thing is stress and repair value. I mean, we'll do panels every now and then or like a repaint or something. And we want to knock down a texture, but for a full car, a lot of these customers come in wanting it, uh, you know, a full wet sand and polish, but then you start explaining to them about repair value and then you actually ask them a question. Well, tell me this. Why do you want your car wet sanded? And then you start breaking it down to them. And they're like, oh, well, maybe I didn't want that. I just I just saw it on the internet. So I figured I'd ask about it, you know. Um, so we Education just gotta qualify our customers. Uh, sorry, I think some people talked over each other. Bruno, what'd you say? I said education is key to your customers. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, perfect. So when you have a you have a scratch that you can't get out, right? What do you do? 
I mean, I consider that wet sand, but I, I'm, I'm, I really consider that like maybe a spot repair or something like that. When we talk about wet sand and I'm talking, you know, as far as what Paul's talking about, I'm talking about getting rid of texture or full panels or full cars. We just try to stay away from that. And then we also look at our time into that. So the time it would take us to do a full wet sand and polish on a car, we can knock out maybe two or three coatings and have a bigger profit margin than just doing a full wet sand on a car. So it's all about just understanding. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound funny, but just understanding business and understanding what your strengths are and running with it. And our strengths, unfortunately, aren't wet sanding cars every day because what might take Paul, you know, four or eight hours to do, it's going to probably take us 16 to 24 hours and we could just crank out more work like that. So I'd rather just send it to Paul. He sent me a referral, little for referral fee or buy me lunch and then we keep moving. That's right. Um and that's that's why I'm glad you said that because that's why I asked Paul earlier, like Paul, why did you choose this as your business, right? Because I said it too. There's few people that make it long term. Um, you know, you, you have a reason why you chose it, and and you've crafted yourself into what is known as like that's how I got introduced to you, push Paul, right? Like you became the guy, but. But that journey is extremely difficult. And there's a lot of guys that want to do this, you know, and don't, don't take, don't, don't misunderstand my uh, word there, uh, Mark, but they want to become a, uh, 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 oh shit, a reflection artist, right? They want to become this, you know, this, this guy that is known for just being this correction guy, right? And just this massive, but it's extremely difficult. And like Mark said, it might not actually be profitable for the business. Um, you're a, what we would call a unicorn, right? I mean, you're, few people can do what you do. I don't mean to cut you off, Marty, but I mean, even if we just sit here and think about it, how many people really in the industry are actually good for that and known for that? You could probably name it on two hands. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. That's just got to be something that you just live for and love, you know, just love doing it. And I mean, honestly, Paul has that OCD to where he can just do it. I mean, I think it's, I think it's just a bigger challenge for him. Well, it gives me something to be challenged of, but I right. like that challenge a lot. Right. I, I do enjoy not standing cars. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm the same. I, like, uh, like I said, I, I only, I only ask people cars when I know it's going to be beneficial to them. Uh, I don't stand on factory paint. What? Oh, hey, Tally. Um, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Jason Rabbits. All right. Uh, Brandon, Brandon from Tim, since you're on, uh, we were talking about you earlier, actually. So a brief segue for a moment um, because uh, I know Brandon from Shawshank and uh, some other people have actually sent in messages asking about, you know, what could they do on helping start a podcast? And I recommend to them, you know, do what you're doing, right? Do a local podcast, interview people locally and build your business locally. What, uh, what success have you found from that? I mean, it's get your name out into the community yeah. without, um, having to beat them over the head with a uh, community without beating them over the head with saying, you know, Hey, I detail cars. I detail cars. I detail cars, you know, and, and it's, it's <clears throat> getting your, your name out there, but still having, you know, a community, sorry, I'm going to say that for like 4,000 times, but, uh, <laughs> it's still having the, the, you know, the, the small town feel or whatever. And, and everybody's, this popular place you went and talked to, they're going to hear about them, but 
then they're also still going to hear about your business, but you're not like beating them over the head with it. It's just going to be like subliminally throwing it in there that you're doing it. You know, and I've, I mean, I've got time. Oh, hey, I heard you on the podcast, you know, and hey, you're the guy from the podcast. That's cool. I didn't know that was you or, you know, something like that. And, you know, people hear it all the time. Yeah. And then you know, we always throw like a little at the end, like a little 10 second little commercial or whatever at the end is for, for my business. And then the, the lady I do the podcast with, we, you know, do it at the, at the very end and, you know, don't, if they want to listen to it or skip fat past it, you know, it's, it's, that's why we put it at the very. End. And what's your financial success look like? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to I mean, say not dollar figures, but I mean, yeah. like you had said at one time, it was something like 20 out of 25 or something. I mean, 22 yeah. or something. I mean, it was almost every person that came on and signed with you. Yeah. yeah about every person that we've uh, interviewed in some way as being a customer of mine, you know, I mean, it may just be like a mini detail, you know, but it, it or it, I've had a few ceramics too, but you know, it, it's money's money. And I mean, the podcast took me like an yeah. hour to go do, you know, so. What part of, where, where are you at? Uh, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. Nice, nice. That's a growing area. Yeah, man, uh, the place that the podcast is actually about is a smaller town off of Greenville. And so it's, you know, we still have the, the small town feel. Right. And it's it's a man, it's a growing area. I mean, there's people from all over the country moving to this one area and dropping up all of our uh, our house values and <laughs> making it yeah. hard to buy for us to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um for us right now, um I'm having that same problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Did you have a question? I know uh you you've kind of you definitely in your journey, you went from not really doing any to now buffing, you know, getting into doing some correction type stuff, but you ever gotten into sanding or any questions about uh, sanding or correction for Paul? And me? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I grew up sanding cars. Um, you know, my dad had a shop out in the backyard. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah, so we, uh, I never got an allowance. He told me, you better get your ass out there and start sanding on that car. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Then, you you know, did more always, <laughs> Yeah, we uh, always out there after he painted it, you know, I'd help him sand it and, you know, I'd block down primer beforehand. But, um, and then, you know, finally I got brave enough to pick up a buffer. <laughs> Burn a couple edges and see what you get from there. That's right. <laughs> big, big old Makita, big wool pad. <laughs> yep. Yep. Everybody still got one of those old Makitas. Well, that was my um, dad. Any, yeah, that was nice uh, one. <laughs> I had the old Dewalt. <laughs> Eight nine. <laughs> Those Dewalts were big and heavy. Uh, Manny, any questions? Yeah. So I know that uh, Paul had said that. I guess your go-to for starting now is fifteen hundred. So Henri. where do you with fifteen hundred? On Generally, so um where do you like do you just compound and polish after that or do you like you know it depends it depends on how soft the paint is, how picked up it is and 
you know, if uh, if needs refinit, I mean, if it fine, um, you could really tell when you're sanding a car uh, if it gets a lot of distance, then you know that that clear coat's going to be harder, and you're going to need to do more refinement in order to uh, in in order to get that sand scrap. Um, you know, uh, we we do uh, every since uh, work with Kilmer. Um, I do more of the guide coat, you know, to to check that pattern and stuff. Um, uh, when it's when it's something that's a lot tougher, clear coat, softer clear coats, yeah, fifteen hundred and buff. Um, you know, and I'll I'll use a full size wool pad for something like that. Cut that fifteen hundred out very quickly. Good question. Good question. Manny, you got another? Are you good? Uh, just to, just to uh, clarify, too, uh, 1500 for repaint is my starting. Uh, 2,500 uh, is my starting for factory paint. And, and just so I confirm, you talked about you know, movements, you, you go in a circle motion, right? Like Miyagi, the way they taught us back in the day, right? <laughs> no, silly boy. No, nobody does. <laughs> no, I either, I, most of the time short stroking, uh, but sometimes, hey. yeah, most <laughs> time short stroke, hard, hard block to start with. Now I'll soften it up. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel as much resistance. All right, uh, Julian. Uh, good to see you, man. Uh, hey. Looks looks like you're working on a car back there. Did you get some sandpaper out? Is that what we saw? Yeah, I did. Um, I was actually going to talk about <laughs> it sticks. Um, I was going to wonder if uh, I think what his name is Paul Paul Ford. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if he used any of these because I know they have like a soft and a medium and a hard. I think as far as the foam goes. Um, I'm just asking, have you used it? What's your experience? What do you think of it? I love them. Yeah. I use all the KXK stuff. Uh, I went out to Wisconsin and spent a whole week with Kilmer and okay. uh, and with Reds and all that. And um, uh, I love all their stuff. Uh, and um, I've got... What is it? You know, and also they make blocks too. Um, if you get to them, you know, do a whole set of custom blocks and they're really beneficial uh the backing on the custom will hold paper better so yeah really yeah i love them i use them a lot what is it that you love about them paul uh well i mean it will uh narrow down the um and let you focus in a smaller area where our older blocks didn't do that you know it was it, it'll give you more more control over the area on I mean, like blocking out a door jam for a door jam is going to be my go-to scratch. Uh, it's going to be my go-to for, yeah, that, and that's factory paint, right? And um, so they just have, they have good consistency and they don't break down very easily. And I uh, have um, acrylic in the center of them, which keeps their form so... They're, they definitely have a lot of room in between you and the paint. Okay, interesting. Right. Uh, Julian, great. Yeah, uh, what have you found that you like about them? 
Um, I've used them quite a bit before. I do just like how they're handy and really small. So you can just pick them right up, cut a piece of sandpaper out and get some deep scratches if you need to. But recently with the way I ran my so far, I haven't really used red sticks or any type of, you know, deep scratch removal because I mostly just focus on one step packages. Which is brilliant. And my customers, they don't, they don't really mind. Uh, I just set those type of expectations. You definitely get a lot more done skipping, uh, skipping one stage. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you make more like money. This, well, like, <laughs> for, like, for example, right here, this BRZ, I mean, all I've used was just, just yellow pads, yeah. and shine, foam pads. And then the customer took a look at it uh, through the camera. He came by, we'll pick it up tomorrow and he loves it. So I can't complain. Plus I did a sun check on it. It looks really great. Are you coding it? I'm sorry? Are you coding it or not? I've already coded already. Yeah, what, uh, so what was your price back uh, one step and coat? One step and coat, this one was about 850. Nice, very good. Absolutely nice. And it, it just, it, it really just takes less than a day to get it done. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, with the time you have doing a one step and you have, let's say if you use like, for example, one of Martin's coatings, um, the dose, I've used those coatings before. It's a single layer. I mean, it's really just efficient. So yeah, you get everything done in a span of six, seven, eight hours, and how long it takes for you. Yeah, I think we've gone through like I don't know, probably a good six hundred milliliters in the past two weeks. That's we right. love, yeah, yeah, we like it a lot. The train. Mm -hmm. tra yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a question. Uh, Paul, do you ever use orbitals or do you ever do everything by hand? And if you do use orbitals, do you deal with uh, pigtails at all? Uh, I use uh, orbital sanders only when I'm doing uh, tech. Uh, I use a Hutchin uh, Pro Series. Um, I found that that is the best one. I've tried Fez, not happy with it, uh, but the. Um, uh, yes, uh, pigtails try to make the sandpaper last too long. So, uh, and you're not keeping clean. So you want to wipe the area and, and and like I'll use five sheets on one uh, if I hit it with it. So that's the biggest thing that you get pigtails using cheap paper. I use all 3M. Um, I use 3M Gold, which is not their number one paper, but it is a good paper. Um, and I buy it in 100 stacks of the 1500. Um, and uh, it's uh, that's the biggest thing, though. You get pigtails when you don't use enough paper, and uh, and those things are a massive challenge to get out. A lot of times, they will they will cause you more pain than just the just the standing alone. So, but uh, yeah, I have PAs to knock down so that I can start, but I always finish it off by hand sanding. It's been about three or four years, but I ran across Eagle abrasives and, and I was using, when we came out with uh, Max the jeweler and, yeah. and we were putting on a transition pad um, and then putting on the Eagle abrasives for a, a dry sand. Sure, yeah, and that's and, what we, 
dry sand. Yeah. And and the pigtails that I got, who you're right. Eagle is I mean, really yeah. an product. Yeah. If if you do it not the right way, yeah, like and then those pigtails were incredibly tough to chase. Incredibly yeah. tough. And to, and I uh, I do use uh, Rupes polishers uh, as well as rotaries. Um, we uh, we do use the flex, but we're you know I usually get everything to a point where all I have to do is go over one more time with the Rupes and everything's pretty much out. I'll pan and wipe everything. If I'm coating it, I'll let it sit till the next day, and uh, and look it over and see if I've got to go back over it. Uh, Brandon, did you have a question? I was just going to ask if anyone here ever used uh, the paint leveling pads, like the denim pads. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I've used them before, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're cool, yeah. Just, sometimes I level all the way through the paint. <laughs> yeah. But there has been like a hard yeah, clear coat. <laughs> there was one time I grabbed, I grabbed that denim pad because the clear coat was so hard. Like, and I, yeah. that was the only thing I could find to get it to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what's the pad situation look like with you guys? What's your go-to? Uh, it, I'm, I'm sure it has to do with, uh, you know, that company that you like to support. What's their name? I think did did they still are they? Yeah. Shine boy. Talk about up and shine that that company. Oh yeah, that's the name. That's the name. <laughs> um, I mean we we all. I mean I'm not gonna say we always. We always again. You know I, I like to go least aggressive to to the most aggressive. So we stress on doing a test spot. But I mean one of our favorite go to pads is the uh, the gray wool pad. So it's aggressive, but it 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 finishes down so good that. Um, your second step is just very quick and light. So, I mean, that's one of my favorite pads right now is the gray uh, wool pad from Buff and Shine. A second that, I love that pad. Cool. I figured there was something in your back pocket that uh, we didn't know about. I guess that was it. Uh, Alex, uh, any questions, any thoughts? No, I'm, I'm good, man. I just... Uh... I got to try to get down to Florida and have lunch with Paul. I can listen to him talk about fucking sanding or whatever all day. Yeah, well, what's great about it, come here. We'll, yeah, yeah, definitely. We we love to have people in our shop, bring other detailers in and have them hang out with us and go to lunch. And, I mean, you know. Paul loves lunch, FYI. <laughs> I can tell. That's why I said get something to eat. I'll take you to Mark's shop, too. We'll get good barbecue. And, uh, yeah, I love hanging out with uh, – and um and just I take you to Porsche and and introduce you to that whole it's an amazing dealership it's really cool. Well, it's not, that sounds like uh, an Paul invite. So I'm gonna, I'll take you up on Every that day. for sure. Day. What did they? Say? Yeah, what? he'll take you to breakfast, but but he won't do breakfast till like ten. So yeah, ten. 10. Yeah, it's the second breakfast. He has to walk his dog at nine. He, he, I got Paul's routine down pat. <laughs> That's right, right here. She's right here. Paul, are you on Facebook? I'm not. Uh, but, I mean, I am, but I'm not. I'm on Instagram, these ceramic pros at these ceramic pros. So if you get a, a get on the Instagram, that's where we put content. Every uh, you know, and and my story. Um, you can see my guys working every day. 
Um, that's that's where I hang out. If I go anywhere, it's going to be Instagram at the T A T Ceramic Pro. Solid, yeah. Yep. Yeah. My, my bad, Paul. I meant to ask you that earlier when I introduced you, and I I forgot. So my yep. fault. Not, I don't really get on any any other platform, um, just because I don't. You know, it, I, it's hard for me to think of it. I mean, if you ask me a question on Instagram, you might get an answer in the evening. Cool. All right. Well, I, David, did you have a question? I, I didn't mean to pass you over if you had a question. No, I don't think I have any questions. Been a good podcast though. I'm more of a listener. Hey, David. <laughs> Hi there. Thanks for sharing all your information, Paul. Appreciate hey. it. Hey. Good. All right. Well then, Derek, I think it's time. So, Paul, um, you uh, you maybe or might not have, but I, I'm going to say that there's a good chance that you've experienced this, you know, in a in a former life, in a former life, back when you were hanging out at the bars, and there was that last call, and there was that dude that was down at the bar that's been drinking a lot, and he always asks the weirdest fucking questions when it's time to go. Well, that's our Derek from DJD Detailing with the tab out question of the night. Okay. All righty, guys. So here we go. Would you rather live without beer or no sex? Without beer. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Marty, what do you think my answer is? Yeah. uh, you know what? After more Marty, I didn't know there was a lot of people drinking water today. I was just like, oh man, like I already know who's gonna <laughs> Derek, maybe we ought to change that to no beer or no Rosie. I don't know. Which oh. <laughs> All right, uh Brandon from Shawshank. I'd throw the beer in the garbage in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd live without beer. All right, I gotta mute everybody because there's somebody banging around something. Hear that? All right, yeah. So beer for you is beer for you is gone, huh? Oh yeah, easily. Easy, yeah. It was an easy question, easy <laughs> question, but yeah, beer's gone. Beer's gone for me too. I've I've done without it before. Now the trick is, can I do beer one day? On the sex the other day, can I go back and forth? Is that like a per day basis or is that forever? I don't know. I, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to go no beer. David. Yep. Yep. Dave. Uh, I've, been, I've been without beer for 16 years now. So definitely going without beer. Got it. Good call. Uh, Alex is going to go with beer from my, I think that's what he said earlier. He's like, you, you know what I'm going to do? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> beer. You're, you're going to drink beer every day. Right? <laughs> that's why he had the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody, I guess let's just go this way. Anybody going to do the non-sex? Is that, a, you know, is that a, anybody doing that? Is anybody going to raise their hand for that one? No, <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> so basically I become abstinent. Can we still drink whiskey? 
Uh, see, you can't see. Uh, you can still drink whiskey. And I don't know if those seltzers count. I mean, I don't know if those are South seltzers count as beer. You can have those Trulies all day. I mean, that's how the Belgians started making beer, wasn't it? From the Belgian monks, and then how we got beer. <laughs> The people stopped doing sex so they could drink beer, right? What? But I'm gonna I think, go. I think so. Oh. I think so. No, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I'm in, I'm in detailing groups. I'm not even known for fucking detailing in detailing groups. <laughs> it's the sexy time. It is what it is. One day, man. One day you'll get to the level of chocolate thunder. One day you'll get your own name. Oh. There's, oh, there's few yeah. that get to the point of being called the chocolate thunder but you know we're glad that he came on, yeah. we're glad that he came on are you referring to somebody that's in this call right now yeah, yeah he raised his hand looking, looking around, looking around. <laughs> yeah. the chocolate thunder i think oh. is what he introduces himself as so paul oh, man thanks for hopping rain. on yeah, chocolate ring. <laughs> that song, you remember that song? Chocolate ring? Huh. Yeah, I know purple was, ring. No, cho chocolate, chocolate rain. It was rain. some dude with this really deep voice that was like viral for a little while. Oh, that's chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. <laughs> so, like some say. Look it up on YouTube. Full like of the rain. Chocolate rain. Like <laughs> Derek, you could probably play as that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I, I do now. I cut my hair. Yeah, you know, you know, it's crazy. He was on. He was like another YouTube channel talking like to and like to normal people, and that's just what his voice sounds like. It's not like he was put it on for the video. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of mosquitoes out tonight. <laughs> Nightly dog walk. Yeah, Paul, we'll let, oh, we'll let you go watch your dog, man. Uh, thanks for your time. 9.30 p.m. That's right. Yeah. Check the mail. Check the mail. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for <laughs> hopping on, man. Thanks for answering Thank the you. questions. Yep. Uh, thanks for taking the time for the community. Really appreciate that. Thank yeah, you, Paul. If anybody ever wants to come out here, man, we, we have a good time. Come hang out. Oh, I'll be there, man. Yep, and I'll, and I'll make Mark participate. <laughs> <laughs> all right man thank you you're welcome guys thanks for hopping on brandon right, david man thanks for coming on alex always great to see you thanks Derek, marty brandon thanks julie no. good to see you again manny man pleasure thanks for hopping on and cody as always uh i will say the last for the chocolate thunder so mr firehouse good to see you bro always good to see you man bye homie Bye, girl. Y'all have guys. a great week. <laughs> See y'all next week. Thanks, guys. Good night. Thanks, See you guys. guys. Much for listening to that episode. And if you got any value out of it, hey, go share it. Go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, if you want to leave us a review, we would love that you know, five star, one star, hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community. Ooh.